Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Reverend Sarah Mwendo. I'm actually really excited to be here today. Thankful because um, the Spirit of God is, is a, a God of order. And from the beginning of service until now, like the things that God has been speaking, only one message to us. I hope we've been able to hear it. And for me, I think I, when I was listening and I, as I was participating through the service today, I was telling God, you know, God, I'm, I'm thankful because this is a confirmation of the things that you are speaking to me, even when I was preparing for, for the sermon today. So we've been... Um, Two weeks ago, we started a series called Live As You Are Called. And the, I think for me, if I can do a recap, the best way that I can summarize part one is when you live as you are called, you are actually living a life of faith. God has called us to live a life of faith. It means um, us going places where God has called us to go, uh, regardless of how the situations look like. It means us having to grow up in the things of God because there are some things that we'll never be able to handle as long as we remain spiritual babes. Yeah, For you to overcome certain challenges, you need to live um, at a place of faith. For some people, it means going somewhere or transitioning somewhere. I love that we've just prayed for Cosmos, that as he transitions, then... His living as he is called is him living a place of faith. For him having to live wherever it is God is, 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 is placing him. And then for some other people, living as you are called means remaining. Because yeah. it's not always um, the place of transition and the place of faith is going. For some, hallelujah Esther, for some people, <laughs> for some people live as you are called means you live where you are, L-I-V-E, you live, unaishi, unabaki, unamaintain, yeah. You stay where you are and, and allow God to work in you as he, is, um, as he is working in you, without you living prematurely. So today, as I promised, we will be talking about um, live as you are called, part two is actually living in unity living in the body. We'll actually be speaking a lot about the body of Christ and our relationship, our relationships with each other um, and how we are supposed to interact. Our scripture reading today is a bit long, um, but we'll go step by step. So we start 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want us to start from verse Yes, thank you. That's the Amplified. Now there are, different, there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, which are gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by their Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. Verse 5. And there are distinctive varieties of service and ministration, but it is the same Lord who is served. Verse 6. And there are distinctive varieties of operation of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit which is the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the spirit for good and for profit. Verse 8. To one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak, a message of wisdom, and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. Verse 9. To another, wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit and to another extraordinary powers of healing by the one spirit. Now we are getting into what we are speaking about today. To another the working of miracles, to another prophetic insight, 
the gift, which is the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, to another the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterances of true spirits and false, and false ones, and to another various kinds of unknown tongues, and to another the ability to interpret such tongues. Verse 11. All these gifts, achievements, and abilities are inspired and brought to pass by the one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. Verse 12. For just as the body is a unity and yet has many parts, and all the parts, though many, form, one, form only one body, so it is with Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Verse 13, for by means of the personal agency of the, of the Holy Spirit, we, are, we were all, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, baptized and by the baptism united together into one body and made to drink of one Holy Spirit. Papa referenced this as he was giving his admonition. For the body does not consist of one limb or organ, but of many. And now, yes, let's stop there. So that was just an introduction. Okay, that was just an introduction. And I wanted to give us context that when Paul was addressing the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church was much like ours. People were gifted in different ways. There were some people who were workers of miracles, people who could heal, people who could prophesy, others could speak in various tongues, others could interpret. But the most important thing is that they were all members of one body, that there were no divisions and there were no factions in that um, body, in that church community. And just like us, I think it's important for us to recognize that we are just like them. We also have our varieties, we have our diversities. In fact, our tagline is unity with diversity. So we are not expected to be the same, but we are expected to live and love and work together. So let's start. Um, verse 15 says that, um, just a minute, okay. Verse 15, now Paul starts talking about the body and he starts breaking it down. The first part of living as part of the body, the first, we'll be talking a lot about um, the weaknesses that are happening in the body of Christ so that we can overcome them and actually live in unity, like the barriers to unity. And the first one I can talk about is comparison. So, verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, would it, now Paul is asking, would it therefore not be a part of the body? So, the weaker member, the person who feels like they don't have anything to offer says, you know, me, I'm not part of this body because I am only just a foot. I wish I was a heart muscle so that I can work very hard and contribute to this society, but I can't because I'm only a foot. But Paul says that the, even if the foot was to say, because I'm not a hand, then I'm not part of the body, it really doesn't matter, you'll still be part of the body. Verse 16, verse 16 if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body, would it therefore not be, be, be a part of the body? Wouldn't it still be a part of the body? Your comparison does not change who you are. Your comparison is just making you waste time. <laughs> Honestly, there are things that we would have been doing a lot better. It's, it's, a, it's a waste of your time. Because even if you want to be like somebody else, the truth is you can't. Yeah. So it's an absolute waste of time for you to say, because I'm not this and that, then I shouldn't be able to participate. Um, verse 18, okay, let's do 17. Yeah. If the whole body were an eye, then where would the sense of hearing? 
And if the whole body were an ear, then where would be the sense of smell? So every part of the body of Christ has its own workings. Every part has its, every part, has its part to play. Every, everyone, all of us working together have something that we have to offer. Uh, verse 18, and it says, but as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and the organs of the body, each particular one of them, just as he wished and he saw fit with the best ad adaptation. Has placed and arranged the limbs and organs as he wished according to its adaptation. A body that is properly positioned, a body that is properly placed, is an unstoppable body. It means that every single joint, every single limb, every part of you is actually working as it should. Yeah. I was taken to numbers, actually, just to be able to see this, that when every part is supplying and every joint is where it's supposed to be, that kind of body cannot be attacked. The same with us. When every joint is supplying, then we cannot be attacked externally. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 24, um, from verse 1 and 2. It's a very interesting story. Um, again, I told you, this is a, when I read the Bible, and I want, us to, I want to encourage us to do the same, don't just read the Bible. Sometimes we read the Bible with the end in mind. Can I give an example? Like, um, yeah, of course, we know Jesus walked on water duh, at the end of that story. <laughs> of course we know, yeah, that, that's what happened. If I can refer to what we were talking about last week. But actually, in this week, I got, um, I got, I got some insight. We were fellowshipping with Emmanuel. And he, was selling, and he did some research, and he found out that there were actually two miracles that happened in that story. Number one was the storm. The Sea of Galilee does not have super storms like that. It was actually a, 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 a spectacular thing for there to be such a violent storm in the Sea of Galilee. And the second one is how he walked on water. So don't, don't take the word of God for just a story that you already know the end. And I will let us know a bit more. So this particular story in Numbers talks about um, Balaam. And Balaam is uh, he, he's not an Israelite, but he has the gift of the prophetic. He's actually a diviner, because the difference between a diviner and a prophetic person is who? Is the spirit yeah. that is inspiring you. Yeah. yeah, that's the only difference. So it says when Balaam saw it pleased so that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel. He did not go as he had done each time before, superstitiously to meet with omens and, with, and signs of the natural world, but he set his face towards the wilderness of the desert. And verse two is where my emphasis is. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding in their tents according to their tribes. And the spirit of God came upon him. He was compelled to bless Israel because they were positioned the way they were supposed to be. They could not be cursed as long as each tribe was positioned where they were supposed to be. You can go home and continue reading that chapter. The fact that they were properly positioned meant that it compelled him. He had to bless them. So uh, when every, go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 18, when every part of the body is where it's supposed to be, when every joint is supplying, when everyone is at their proper place, then God will command a blessing. We actually sang it. One of the purposes of the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we've just done is, was properly, proper positioning. God was positioning us so that as he positioned us, he is getting ready to command a blessing for us to be able to move to the place where he wants us to be, both individually and even as a corporate. There is somewhere where God is taking us. 
And, and this is the illustration that God was giving me. That in the first, sometimes it was like returning a dislocated joint. Has anyone ever had to return a dislocated joint? It is one of the most, and, and there there is no medicine, there is no injection, there is nothing. You just have to endure the pain for it to be put back in place. That was us. God was repositioning and relocating the joints in our church that were out of place. And that is why, you know, as people were doing devotions, you could almost hear the reactions. <laughs> you could only, you're just, you could almost just hear people think, I, uh-uh, uh-uh, apo, apo, you have come a lot, just stop. <laughs> God, is, God was actually relocating us and putting our shoulders, our joints back in place so that we can be properly positioned. Painful as it is, it's necessary. And I wish there was another way. But as you endure the pain and as you are properly positioned, then you can continue to work. The problem, when you refuse rebuke, the answer to that is deformity. When you have the answer to, when you refuse rebuke, it's almost like a deformity. God is trying to put a joint back in place and you have refused. So what happens? It looks weird. <laughs> and the more, it, the more you stay with it, the more deformed it becomes. And the harder it is to get back to place. Let us learn how to love rebuke. I'm not, uh, I'm not a medical doctor, but I did love biology in school. One of my best subjects. I, I, did I ever want to be a doctor? No. I am actually the few people who said, when I grew up, I want to become a lawyer. And <laughs> thank God I actually did, because I have people who became hairdressers, you know. People pursued all, sort of, all sorts of careers, but I actually wanted to be a lawyer. Um, yes, so the point was that without um, accepting the rebuke of God, then you set yourself up for certain deformities that are necessary. Uh, where are we? We're in verse 18. It's okay. Let's continue verse 19. My next emphasis is verse 21. But if the whole, if the whole were, were all a single organ, then where would the body be? And now there are certainly many limbs and organs, but a single body. And now verse 21. And the eye is not able to say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So the first barrier to our unity is the place of comparison. If you don't deal with comparison, the next barrier will definitely come in, which is the place of criticism. Because I am not a hand, then you, I, you, what do you do here? <laughs> what really is your work in this here body? It is only us, I, hands, who actually do all the work. The rest of you, there's nothing really that you do. Criticism is most definitely the second part, after comparison, because Apologies, because you will, you will always first compare. You will always first compare. And then when you see similarities or you don't see simil similarities, then you will criticize. You know, again, when you think about criticisms of the body, I am reminded a lot about cancer. What is cancer? Cancer is an abnormal growth of cells in the body. In other words, it is someone, or it is cells that have an inordinate sense of self. And that is why they keep growing. And this can happen in any part of the body. When the eye starts 
starts having a big head <laughs> and overgrows. The answer to that is cancerous cells. That is the result. It's someone who doesn't have a good sense of who they are and they have absolutely no humility. When you have pride, what happens is that you, you multiply where you're not supposed to be multiplying. And what is, it's, and, and, and what is this? It's a, it's a place where one member thinks that they are better than another. One part of the body thinks that they are the only people who actually have the answer to everything. Aren't we talking about it? That as a church, we need to be careful that it's, I am not the all in all. You are not the all in all. Infamy as a church is not the all in all. We still need the wider part of the body of Christ and for us to supply the way we are supposed to do. And what is the cure for cancer? The cure for cancer, okay, one of them is radiation. And what, what is radiation? It's beams of light. The light of the word of God. That will cut you to size so that you are able to see yourself the way God sees you. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you are brought low and that you think lowly of yourself. It is a proper positioning. That is why the Bible says that in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged double sword, dividing the, the soul and the spirit and the joint and the marrow. The word of God is able to penetrate deep into you like how radiation kills cancer cells. It's able to make sure that it goes deep to kill any overgrowth, any way that we are able to, any place where we, we think that we are better than others. Places where we, we have a, 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 high, self, a high sense of self-importance that has nothing to do with how actually God sees us. So my question to us is that, are we a cancerous part of the body? Are you a part that God needs to deal with? Do you have an abnormal sense of, of self? Um, and a few weeks ago, I was talking to someone here in this church and God was telling, at the time, God was speaking to me about, again, just about this, because this, this particular sermon series has, has been a work in progress. It's things that God has been speaking to me for some time now. And this particular member was telling me how, um, you know, she's, she's a head of department and someone in her department was telling her, me by there, uh, so she gave a directive. Guys, you know, we need to come, I don't know, at this time. And the person just told her, me by there, I'm not coming. Like, do your worst. I'm not coming. <laughs> do your worst, I'm not doing that. And God started telling me, we have to be careful on how we treat each other. We have to be careful. We have to be careful on how we treat each other and how we relate with each other. Because in your, and, the, and actually the answer that they gave them is, you know, like me, I don't know why you're speaking to me about this and you're not even a pastor, like, excuse me, like you, what do you want from me? You're not even a pastor, so girl, even us, you don't listen to us, so. Eh. <laughs> it's true. Bishop was right. If you don't listen to a pastor, if you don't listen to each other, you cannot listen to a pastor. If you don't listen to a pastor, you don't listen to God. So We have to be careful on how we treat each other. That abnormal sense of importance needs to die in this church. It needs to die. We have to learn how to submit one to another. We have to be at a place where we esteem the word of God so greatly that it doesn't matter to you which vessel it comes through. Hey. That's true. 
it doesn't matter to you which vessel it comes through. In Amos chapter 8 verse 11, sorry, the, the Bible says that God is bringing a famine, not of food and drink, but a famine of the word of God. A place where, yeah, behold the days are coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine of the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst of water, but a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. For me, I've determined that I will follow God's word regardless of who God is going to send my way. It doesn't matter whether it's a child, and actually, if you spend enough time with children, you will, you will hear the word of the Lord because they have no filters whatsoever. So <laughs> if you spend enough time with them, God can use them. And he, and he does. He, he uses them mightily. That we have to be at the place where we are thirsting and, and hungering for the word of God such that we have no discrimination on who that word comes through. Are we together? Yes. It's a place where we honor the word of the Lord wherever it will be released regardless of, of the method. If I, if I can take you guys back to Balaam without reading the story. You know that Balaam, um, at the end of, no, in the previous chapters, um, at some point he was about to curse the children of Israel and then his donkey spoke to him. And for me... Um, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to hear the, the word of God that even came through the donkey. But Enye Balaam was a, was a diviner because why did he talk back? <laughs> I mean, like, you guys, you need to think about it. It is true. I mean, like, God can speak to you, but even him, Enye, like, did animals generally talk to him? Like, why? The rest of us would run away when our donkey starts talking to us. Why did he talk back? But that's not the point. The point is, the point is, he was able, we thank God for him, diviner as he was, at least at the end of the day. And they actually had a conversation. The donkey was like, why are you hitting me? I hit you because I... <laughs> <laughs> The Bible. I told you, change how you read the Bible. The Bible is very interesting. Because I'm wondering if it, was, if it was me and animals are talking to me, you would not find me there again. I would be gone. I would not start asking you questions for why did you... In fact, the donkey... Okay, sorry, I'm need talking. The, the donkey started... What is kujitete in English? It started defending itself. Like, why did you hit me? All these years, I have been with you, eh? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I digress, I digress. The point is that you, we, have to, we have to be open. We have to be open to each other. We have to, be, we have to esteem one another enough for you to actually believe that your fellow brother, sister, whoever, stranger, irritating matatu taut, can actually be used of God to speak to you. Come on. Yeah. Um, let us uh, go to verse 22. 1 Corinthians 12, 22. We're still continuing. Uh, but instead, there is absolute necessity for the parts of the body that are considered more weak. 23. And those parts of the body which we consider rather ignoble are the very parts which we invest with additional honor, and our unseemly parts and those unsuitable for exposure are treated with seemliness, which is modesty and decorum. Um, so here, Paul talks about dishonorable parts. There are people who, like when you do some reading, there are people who say, you know, it's, it's the private parts that need to be covered, or even the sensitive parts of your body, like how um, your ribs cover your lungs and your heart because those are sensitive parts. But for me here, I started thinking about a dishonorable part in my thinking. A dishonorable part of the body is a person who I don't like. I don't like you. You irritate me. 
I don't like to see you. It's people who you think are unfit to be in the kingdom. The parts that you would rather, much rather get rid of because why, why are you here again? Like you are just like a thorn in my flesh. I don't like you. These are the people who, um, to me, I don't get along with. And the Bible is saying the parts that are quote-unquote dishonorable, when you think about the person who, and they don't even have to be a Christian because God has not called us only to love. In fact, if anything, we are to love our enemies. Yes. When I think about an unseemly part, just someone who we don't get along, our blood does not agree. <laughs> um, those are the people who the Bible says I should treat with more modesty. I remember years ago, I was having trouble, internal trouble with someone. And, and it was someone in church. And God told me, you will, you will love them. I mean, you will like them so much better when they are spiritual. Because, you know, I'd gone to God, you know, oh, Mutu, they are carnal. They are irritating. I don't like how they talk, blah, 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 blah. And God is like, yes, yes, I acknowledge, but you will like them more when they are spiritual. And it is my responsibility to ensure that they become spiritual. Yeah, ha, ha. How will I do that? It's by praying for them, by loving them through it, by esteeming them, by, by seeing past those weaknesses, seeing past the things that that totally put me off. And you know that the Lord is very loving because he didn't dismiss my irritations because it's true. They are like this. God will tell you, yes, yes, they are like that. You are right. But the responsibility still remains. You have to love them into it. You have to care for them. You have to treat them with more modesty, with more care and more concern. Because maybe the reason why they are like that is because of where they came from. And the church is a place where we bind one another's wounds. It's a place where we have to take care of each other. It's a place where um, you take every single word as your own and, you, and we bear with one another's burdens. You know, I don't know whether it was Nigerians who came up with the bombastic side eye where some, you're just like, yeah, are you listening? In, in, in this part, we do the side loop. <laughs> we are just there pointing at one another. Or in service, when a word comes, you're like, nani, papa is talking about you. You're the one who needs to change. But yeah, you need to listen. Are they listening? They're even on their phone. You see God. <laughs> they are not even listening to your word. How are they ever going to change? Yeah, if you have heard the word, then it's your problem. Yes, okay, fine, they are on their phone, but you have heard the word. So, and that is how God deals with me. When I go to start complaining to him about X and Y, he's telling me it's fine, it's your problem. <laughs> with the most amount of love possible. Because what is he telling me? I have to mature in my love. Come on. Come on. We have to mature in our love. God was telling me that we have to be careful about even how we speak to each other. You know, we, we like to say, eh, wah, 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 wah. Um, too, they are talking toilet. That, that toilet talking, we need to stop. We need to stop. We need to, you need to be careful how you talk to the person who's next to you. Seriously, like, I'm for real now. We actually need to learn how to speak to each other with grace and with love, and with care and with concern, because we are actually part of a body. And my, my, your prosperity actually has to do with my prosperity. You know, God was telling me, Again, the parts that we consider ignoble, sorry, that's a tongue twister, um, are also the parts where you feel like 
so and so is not pulling their weight. Me, I'm here. I'm working hard. Nina Beba, the whole department on my shoulders. <laughs> you know, or you go to work and you're the one. It is true. I mean, like, for sure, there are places that are, are unfair. And we are supposed to be all moving together. But again, part of designing one another in the spirit means that every part needs to play the part they're supposed to play. And maybe I am the eyebrow of the body of Christ. Because young to me, aesthetics. Like, I'm here to look good. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Even if you shave me, I don't know, you draw on me. Like, I mean, me, I'm the eyebrow. So, uh, you, you are the one who, you are just, you are this square, just running around. <laughs> and the, and your, your calf muscles are there carrying you, carrying the body weight. Oh, we are working so hard. And the eyebrow is just chilling because their work is aesthetics. But guess what? Have you ever seen someone with no eyebrows? They look funny. <laughs> they look weird, guys. <laughs> Even people who you think are aesthetics and the Akura Kituwana do happen, they're actually doing something, guys. They might not be as, as you know, strong. Sisini Hokatara, we are just here pulling our weight. Maybe someone else hasn't yet reached that place. Yeah. And we still have to love them through it. Yes. When the Bible, again, this is how me I read the Bible. I thought about it and I was like, eh, hey, yeah, that guy maybe ni eyelash. Because ni mascara too. Like he's just here to look good. It's okay. The rest of us, we shall do. But you see, we have to learn how to design one another. We have to learn, because you're there trying to, back to point one for comparison. You, you want everyone to be a collarbone, and you can't. Like, <laughs> we cannot all do the same thing. And you have to give people room, and also give people space, give people grace to grow into the parts that they are supposed to grow and do the parts. And you know, what, what I've discovered, and back to that rebuke that the Lord gave me, right now when I think about that person, they've come from so far, and I actually genuinely love them. Like with all of my heart, I'm just like, you, you, I love you, you are great. But I am the one who had to change my perspective about them. And right now they are actually a blessing to me and where I am. So if you think that so-and-so is carnal, then you need to pray them into spirituality. But let's go to verse 24. Um, do 23 again, because this seems like it's a continuation of the sentence. Let's read it again. And those parts of the body which we consider rather ignoble are the very parts which we invest with additional honor. And our unseemly parts and those unsuitable for exposure are treated with seemliness, which is modesty and decorum. 24. Which our more presentable parts do not require. So the more presentable parts don't, it is the unpresentable parts that need a lot of care and concern. You who is the presentable part of the body, the Lord is telling you, okay, go shine, go help them, good stuff. You have done it. <laughs> I'm glad you have made it here. But God has so adjusted, which is mingled, harmonized, and subtly proportioned the parts of the whole body, giving the greater honor and the richer endowment to the inferior parts, which lack apparent importance. Yeah. That God has endowed you, the one that is inferior, the eyebrow of the body of Christ is the one that God, <laughs> that God is putting more love and more care and more concern for. God is a very fair God. Because once we get to the place where we esteem one another, then you will find that there is proportionality in the body. You will find that everyone, every part has a part that they are playing and every part is important to God. That is how he treats us. 
um, now verse 25. <clears throat> and so it talks about, so that there should be no division or discord or lack of adaptation of the parts of the body to each other. But the members all alike should have mutual interest in and care for one another. That is actually the place that we are called to. The place where we have mutual care and mutual concern for one another. You know, we've talked about cancer being someone, I mean, a certain group of cell, cells having a greater sense of self-importance. But here, at the place of division and discord and lack of adaptation, I'm reminded of autoimmune diseases. And autoimmune disease is a disease where the, body, the cells of the body cannot distinguish between each other. In terms of, it cannot distinguish between a friend and a foe. And so the body starts attacking itself. It cannot see this is an enemy. Within itself, it's starting to see its fellow cell as an enemy. And what does it do? It starts attacking it. One of the most common symptoms of autoimmune diseases is that they cause fatigue. They cause tiredness. Why do you think Sunday morning you're just like, oh God, is it a must? It's because so-and-so is in church and you're just like, yeah, must we really come? Must we? Is it a must? Okay. It causes fatigue. It causes weakness. It causes tiredness. Because you are attacking the wrong person. We should be banding together and actually having dominion. You know, one of the things that the Lord was telling me is that the dominion that we've been preaching about is nothing without the body. You will not be able to reach that level of dominion alone, no matter what, even if you are the most spiritual, presentable part of the body, you still need the other part for you to actually have dominion. There is no place that we are going to conquer and you will go and conquer it alone. You know, Christopher Columbus died and we buried him. He's the only one who was, he's the one who we were told is a conqueror by himself. Like he just went, and that's actually not true because he had, he went with a sheep and, and crew and people. You will never be able to reach the place of dominion that God is calling us to as you go alone that we have to be able to design our enemy and stop wasting time fighting among ourselves. You know, like how Bishop was saying in the Corinthian church, it was, I am for Apollos, I am for Paul, I am for Peter. There was no, there was, and that is why the church as, as endowed spiritually as it was, there was a level of dominion it wasn't able to get to. It's because the people within themselves had decided, me, I am for this person. We are here to, we are here to conquer. Only, the, we are only following this one. We don't listen to other people's commands. Discord and lack of adaptation will take us nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. We have to be at the place where we are. We are united and adaptable, where we have Mutual interest, just the interest even, mutual interest and care for one another. Go to verse 26. And it says, and if one member suffers, all parts share in the suffering. And if one member is honored, then all the members share in the enjoyment of it. When was the last time you actually were there in the trenches with someone who was in the trenches. When was the last time you were genuinely happy for someone who has gotten a breakthrough that you have been praying for? For me, when I think about us, I tell myself, when I think about us and when I pray about us, I tell myself, God, so-and-so has to succeed. They must be victorious. They have to prosper. 
Because I know that my life is tied with them. So that you don't look at, for example, prophetic word and just say, you know, hey, that was for them. May God bless you. Hey, mungu akubariki. Hey. And then, and then there is the other part for, I now you, like, why are you being prayed for every Sunday? What's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, hey, God has remembered you a lot. What about the rest of us? It's because you don't see yourself in, in your brother. You don't see yourself in your sister. I think about, you know, the Kinaras are not just the Kinaras. They are actually the ones who are the pastors of the married couples fellowship. My life is tied with them. If they go down, I've seen the fellowship go down. And then, how are we supposed to conquer the things that God has called us to do as married couples? Every, when one member suffers, all parts share in the suffering. So that it's not, eh, hey, hey, so and so akona mashida, wa. We have a lot of problems. Hey, hey, mungu awasaidie. May God just, just remember them because, um, yeah, it's T for tough and G for, G for gumu. So, <laughs> and you are, not, you are not part of that, uh, you are not part of that story, you know. I want us, I want us, what God was telling me as we, as we finish the fast, the only way that we'll actually be able to be victorious is when we do this. All the words that God has spoken, all the things that he has said, I actually need to be able to see myself in you and hold you accountable to the things that God has said. I have to be able to see myself, I have to be in the trenches with you so that I'm not there saying, you know, hey, life is hard. All of us, sisi wote tunapitia. Na kila buta napitia kiviake. You know, we have to be at the place where we love one another. That is actually going to be the seal of what this fast is going to be. Because the, the individual and the corporate words were words to all of us. That is how we are actually going to be able to, to move forward. So honestly honestly praying for the prosperity of each other. Um, because it cannot be that it is only mature people, a mature man that is able to have, to do the things that God wants us to do. You know, I was listening to, to a, a preacher, it was just a snippet, and he was saying that um, God is concerned about maturity in the body of Christ because a child cannot inherit. It's only a mature man that is able to inherit the things that God has in store. And so it is with us. That if we refuse to grow up, the, the truth is we will be found in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We made it to heaven. But we will never be able to enjoy the things that God actually, that Jesus actually went on the cross for, which is to give us an inheritance. We will never be able to walk into that inheritance as long as we remain immature. So for me, I was, I, ever since I had that and I was sharing with some people, I was telling them, my prayer has, has been God mature me. God, I need to grow up. God, make me, I, I, need, I need to be a man that you can actually use. What do I mean by that? I was telling God, if you need a microbiologist, and I, I, I truly, I don't enjoy the ocean. Like, the ocean is a scary place for me. I like being around it, but I don't like being in it. So, um, but if God needs a microbiologist, I can, he, can, he can give me the mind and everything that I... Okay, I can swim, thank God. So <laughs> I, I am able to be anything that God needs me to be. He can use me in any state that I am in because God is looking for someone who he can partner with. That I have to be the kind of person where my stature is such that God can actually use me. 
to do assignments that maybe someone else was not able to do. But because I am, I've been found to be someone to be mature, then he can entrust me with his work. I may not have the qualifications, I may not have the skills, but because he has made me to be a mature man, it means that I can be anything. That is what it means for I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When God was telling us that we will get jobs and positions that we don't qualify for, it's because he has found in us a, a heart that he can use, a people that he can use. That you can be sent somewhere not because you qualified for it or you are the best and number one in class, but because you have a heart and a posture of maturity. One that is actually able to lay down your life for someone else so that they can prosper in your stead. They can actually reach that place and inherit as you are waiting to inherit. For me, that is our prayer, even as I close. <clears throat> that God will be able to entrust us as a church because we are a mature man, because we are a people that he can use, because we, we love one another genuinely from the heart. We show genuine care and concern, and not just here in the body. You know, it's funny, because for me, I started thinking about, okay, what about the workplace, for example? Workplaces are not generally known as places of unity. <laughs> we are so united, no. <laughs> workplaces have a lot of schisms. They have a lot of factions. People have, I am for this, I am for that. It made me be at the place where I, I, I want to get out of my legal silo and actually help you, help you prosper and see you meet your targets and celebrate you and see that because as you prosper, even if what happens, at least I know the company is doing well and I've played my part. May we be people who are so fiercely united with each other and you refuse to look down on anyone. You refuse to, to, you, you refuse to be the tool that the enemy uses. Yes. Because when he cannot attack you externally, then he brings up things, the autoimmune diseases, where you start attacking yourself. Yeah. With that, I want to end and invite Rev Dan to come to just close the service for us today. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.